0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to worship at Mayflower Congregational Church. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you are on your faith journey, you're welcome here. We're glad you joined us. I'm John White, the interim pastor, and I'm joined this morning by Dr. Julia Brown, our director of music, Pat McGuire, who keeps us on the air and keeps the camera angles correct. Thank you, Pat. Scott Bosher, our cantor this morning, joined by our former moderator and uh, lay reader, Peter Houlihan, and his wife, Allison Houlihan, our director of youth ministry. We're glad you're here. Uh, Ruth, Ruth Bell Olson, Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, is not here this morning, she has taken her son to the West Coast where he's enrolling. Well, he enrolled yesterday in college, and she's flying back today. She'll be back next week, and she'll be preaching. We have a special guest this morning, the director of our Pastoral Search Committee, Ginger Young. Ginger, could I invite you forward to talk about the progress of the committee?
1: Good morning. It has been a few weeks since we had an update to share on the search for a new senior minister for Mayflower. Since our job posting went live on the Vanderbloemen Search Group website about seven weeks ago, there have been 24 individuals who have expressed interest in Mayflower. The Vanderblomen team has reviewed their resumes and done phone interviews with a number of the candidates who are best suited to our church. On December 16th, our search committee met via Zoom with our consultant and reviewed the various requirements we had originally identified. We also looked at a couple of potential candidates' attributes and experience to discuss what areas in their profile were right on target and others that might be an area of concern. We did not see their names nor many of the other details of their resume. This was merely an exercise to check and see if Vander is on the right track. Both candidates, based on the information presented, were on target. We discussed some of the questions we had and gave Brian, our consultant, direction to move forward. We were told by Brian that he is very encouraged with the amount of interest we have had so far, especially given that Christmas is a very busy time of year for those in the ministry which can slow down the process. However, now that it is January, we are likely to see somewhat of a surge. On January 25th, Brian will meet in person with the search committee and present a slate of finalists, who he believes are an excellent fit for Mayflower. Prior to our meeting, we will be developing a list of potential interview questions to review with Brian, who will ensure that we have covered every area that is essential to selecting the best candidate. Within two weeks after that meeting with Vander we will start in-depth interviews with those candidates via Zoom, of course, and with God's guidance, find the person to lead us forward. While there are still several steps along the way to finding our senior minister, we are progressing nicely and are still optimistic that we will have a new senior minister chosen by Easter. Please continue to pray for God to touch the heart of the leader who will take our church forward through this most challenging time and give our search committee the wisdom and discernment to choose the right person for Mayflower's senior minister. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ginger, and thank you, search committee. I am very anxious to return to retirement. I found that a relaxing venture. Also joining us this morning is Dr. Julia Brown with a word about today's music.
2: As we remember Jesus' baptism on this early Sunday in January, what that means for your music staff is we're looking for hymns and for music that go along with that theme. So anything that reminds us of water, rivers, um, oceans, baptism. And so in the prelude you heard uh, in Bach's beautiful setting of the Chorale for Baptism, The uh, the moving left hand, which gives that image of moving waters. Um, You'll hear in the offertory, come to the waters, a duet with uh, Peter and Scott this morning. Uh, Shall we gather at the river? So everything was in place to move us through this theme of water and baptism. And then we had these extraordinary circumstances in our country this week. And after Wednesday, I had an email that came into my inbox from a uh, living hymn writer and clergywoman, Carolyn Winfrey Gillette. And the subject of that email was, A Hymn for a Nation in Crisis. And I read those words and immediately wrote to the other staff members and said, how can we use this how can we bring this to our congregation as a way to reflect if if we're talking about Jesus' baptism we're remembering our own baptism we're reminded that we're children of God how can we act in this world and how should we react to the divisiveness in our world today so we changed our closing hymn those words are in the bulletin that you are, uh, have access to. And that also caused me to cl- uh, change my postlude. So rather than a big hurrah and a big toccata to close a joyful Sunday, it's a more reflective. It's a Kantilena by a German 19th century composer purposely chosen for us to spend five or six minutes Reflecting in hope after the words that we'll sing to that closing hymn.
0: Thank you, Julia. As I said earlier, we're congregationalists. You're welcome here. We're glad you're here. It's a day when we remember the baptism of our Lord. So come and join us this morning and worship. Worship in spirit and truth. It's Sunday morning. It's time for church.
3: Please join me in the call to worship. In this season of Epiphany, we look today to the scripture regarding the baptism of Christ. And in so doing, we remember our own baptism. Today is a new day full of light. And in the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light and the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and morning on the first day. Come today and worship the God of creation.
4: And we lost. that sail in heaven
3: God today we remember our baptism as we celebrate the baptism of Christ we promise again by the grace of God to follow in the ways of our Savior to resist oppression and evil to show love and justice and to witness the work and word of Jesus Christ and we promise to grow in our faith as members of this church and the church universal. Amen.
5: scripture reading comes from Genesis 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: To Says by the river that flows by the th-
5: Today's second scripture reading comes from Mark 1, verses 4 through 11. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, With a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John of the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Will you pray with me? Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us and grant us thy peace. Amen. Sebastian Falk's book, Birdsong, is an interesting novel about the First World War from a generational time span throughout the 20th century. The main protagonist, Stephen Ray, is a lieutenant in the British Army assigned to the Western Front. We join the novel, though, in the 1970s, where his daughter has uncovered a diary. And memento, a granddaughter, excuse me, uh, a diary and mementos that he kept about his life. And Fox has us flashing back between pro- protagonist Stephen Ray and his granddaughter. It's a very moving book. In one scene in the book, Ray has been relieved of the Western Front for a month. He's able to come home to England, can hardly adjust to it because he has been exposed to danger. His friends have died. He's seen people maimed, all the the stuff that goes along with war. And he finds himself on a walk, wondering if he'll ever be able to forget it. He goes into a meadow and sits on a bench at the edge of a park. There he hears a bird singing. And in one of those aha moments where everything is coming together, Ray looks around and, despite all of the tragedy of war, he says, Creation is good and he's at peace. We have a creation story today and a creation in baptism. And the Bible says that creation is good. The first words in the Bible, Bereshit Bera Elohim, literally, in the beginning, created God. God is a creating God. This force, this infinite force that causes cosmoses to explode, likes creation. He pronounces that it's good. I love that story in Genesis. God appears, and poetically, the face of God is floating over the waters. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. And the Hebrew word, ruah, spirit, breath, wind. You've got to roll it out with your breath to say it. It's hovering over those waters. And God speaks. Let there be light. And creation explodes. And God separated the light from the darkness. Called the light day and the darkness night. And God said, it is good. And we go into the rhythm of creation in the first chapter of Genesis. One of the things that we tend to think about is light is good and darkness, eh, that's kind of sinister. That's not true at all. In fact, that can lead to very bad theology. If we think about it in terms of Western history, in the 1400s, the church made a mistake and said that the white people of Europe had the right to colonize and exploit this new world that they were quote-unquote finding. Protestants in the 1500s took that up with gusto, And white people could rule over tan people, brown people, and black people. That was not good. And that's not what God intended at all. Paul Hooker of Austin Presbyterian Seminary says that God creates in light and in darkness. Both the light and the darkness are good. In fact, citing two examples, Genesis 15, he talks about Abram's view when he goes through the pieces. That's another story for another time. Uh, Very confusing and very fun to talk about when you can place it in, in historical perspective. But God promises Abraham that he will be his God, the God of all the people. That comes in thick darkness. Also, a few chapters later, Jacob is sleeping on a rock at night and has a vision of a ladder going to heaven and angels ascending and descending. Light and darkness are good. And in the lectionary, that blends right in to the theme that Mark is conveying with Jesus' baptism. Now, if you want a, a story that has lots of flourish, lots of detail, lots of drama, go to Luke and Matthew. If you want a mystical Jesus, go to John. But if you're like Joe Friday and you want the facts, just the facts, go to Mark. Okay, my age. If you're under 50 years old, ask your parents who Joe Friday is. He was a cop on a show called Dragnet, and if you're under 50, you've probably never heard of that. Joe's theme in the program was just the facts, only the facts. That's Mark. He gets right to the story, moving at light speed through the story of Jesus. We look at the today's story, and we hear basically, John was there, Jesus was there, there was a voice. Boom, wilderness. Well, we can take some context with Mark and look at what's happening. It's very similar to Genesis. First of all, like darkness... John is emerging from the wilderness. John is obviously a prophet because he has a hairy coat. Elijah was a hairy man, except on top where he was bald. He has a leather belt. Elijah had a leather belt. He has a sparse diet. Isaiah had a sparse diet. So did Daniel. So did Malachi. John is being presented in Markian fashion, briefly, as the prophet. And he says another prophet is coming. And that other prophet is coming. And where is he going to go to the water where John works? Jesus shows up and he's baptized. Mark doesn't explain why. If Jesus was without sin, we think, why is he baptized? We have some people who have committed uh, what I think is a gentle heresy, but it's not orthodox thought anyway, to say at that point, at the time of baptism, Jesus is infused with God. No, Jesus was infused with God from the beginning. It didn't just happen at baptism. A spirit appears, pneumata in Greek, not the rua of Hebrew, and it hovers over the water. Jesus sees the Spirit, and hears the voice. You are my Son, the Beloved, and in you I am well pleased. And whoop! Jesus is off to the wilderness again where creation will take place. The two stories are very close. Creation is good Jesus is beloved and everything seems to be okay. There is one hitch in the story. Just because Jesus is beloved, it's not going to have a happy ending. Jesus is beloved and going to the cross. Stephen Ray in the novel bird song was beloved but he's going back to the western front god is not promising a good ending god is calling us god's children god is looking us looking at us and as we remember our baptism We can almost see the Spirit. We can almost hear the voice. It's overwhelming, and it's addressed to each one of us. You are my beloved child, and in you I am well pleased. That's where the sermon originally ended, until Wednesday. I've been a college professor, or had been a college professor, for 40 years, and it defines a whole lot of what I am. I've been ordained for over 20 years, and that defines a whole lot of who I and what I am. But on March 15, 1974, I stood at 216 East Washington Avenue in Jackson, Michigan, at attention with my hand up, and I said, I do solemnly swear to protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution of the United States Against all enemies, domestic and foreign, and to enforce the laws of the city of Jackson and the state of Michigan. So help me, God. Being a police officer has defined my adult life, both active and in law enforcement training and education. The last part of my career I spent in counterterrorism. And intelligence analysis and national security but it was an extension of law enforcement and my heart broke on Wednesday when I saw my sisters and brothers being attacked by a mob that claimed to be patriotic one of them had his skull crushed another was almost pressed to death in a collapsing door as he screamed for help. I was so angry. I shouldn't have been angry. I was so angry, I was infuriated. I wanted my badge, my gun, and my nightstick, and I wanted to be out there with them. They wouldn't have taken me because I'm too old and broken down. But that's where my heart was. And it wasn't the first time My heart was broken. In 2020, I saw the tape, as most of you did, of George Floyd dying. And I said, that's not who we are. Come on, guy. Get up. I saw another man shot when in similar circumstances in the back. In similar circumstances, Dozens of times, I've knocked people down and arrested them for a misdemeanor. Not shooting them. I'm tired of endemic racism in American criminal justice. I'm so tired of endemic racism in American institutions. As the French president said, we're better than that. And I want to remember my baptism today and forget the anger that I had and turn it into righteous energy. I've heard this story over the years from friends of mine in the Michigan State Police. The Michigan State Police run a recruit school for people who want to be troopers. And it's one of the most rigorous police training programs in the country. And lots of people drop out. And I will tell you from the cop side, we want them to drop out. I don't want them to go to a fight and suddenly say, I can't take this and drop out. I want the person to have my back. But it is rigorous, hard, difficult, taxing, training. My buddy Jim Bolger, Colonel Bolger, says it should be the hardest experience of your life. Well, after a couple of weeks where the recruits have been hassled, exercised, marched, exercised, kept up so they're working with very little sleep to simulate the stress of police work, After a couple weeks, late on a Friday evening, they're told, You're going to have leave this weekend. You can leave tonight and you don't have to report back until Sunday afternoon. And there are variations of the speech that they hear. Sometimes it's from the captain who commands recruit school. Sometimes It's from the colonel who directs the Michigan State Police. But the speech goes something like this. You're going to leave the discipline of recruit school. And you're going to go to your homes or to a place where you can rest. And your friends know you're in recruit school. Your family knows you are in recruit school. People they meet will know you're going to be a Michigan State trooper. The speech ends with a final admonition. You're going to be a Michigan State trooper. Everybody's going to be watching you. Everybody will watch you while you're away from this academy. Remember who you are. And remember what you represent. Folks, we're Christians. It's not easy. We fail. We get angry. Tears in my eyes when A peaceful demonstration was cleared in front of the White House this summer. And I thought, what are you guys doing? These people aren't doing a thing. It's not easy being a Christian. But as we remember our baptism, as we hear that song from a bird and realize the creation is good, As we remember the vision Jesus had and the voice that he heard, we're Christians. You are the beloved, God's chosen, and God is well pleased in you. Let's remember who we are. And what we represent. Let's pour our country back together. In the name of the Creator, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
3: We may be apart in body this morning, but we are together in spirit. For this, we are immensely grateful. As we look forward to this new year and all that it promises, please know that Mayflower counts on your generosity to sustain our ministry and our outreach. Thank you for giving. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts and offerings of this church. Thank you that we get to be a blessing to our community and to our world. We dedicate our resources to you and your kingdom. Amen. Pray with me. We thank you, God, for the gift of creation called forth by your saving word. Before the world had shape and form, your spirit moved over the waters. Out of the waters of the deep, you formed the earth and brought forth life. In the time of Noah, You washed the earth with waters of the flood, and your ark of salvation bore a new beginning. In the time of Moses, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea waters from slavery to freedom and crossed the flowing Jordan to enter the promised land. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus Christ, who was nurtured in the water of Mary's womb. Jesus was baptized by John in the water of the Jordan, became living water to the woman at the well, washed the feet of the disciples, and sent them forth to baptize all nations by water and the Holy Spirit. Help us who have confessed your name remember our own baptism, and may we continue to rise in Christ.
4: Christ incarnate nations fill the earth, faith and hope and love renew. Come lead the peoples to your peace, as stars once led the
3: Such difficult days, and we recognize that there is illness and death all around us. We pray for health, healing, and peace. We seek your comfort and reassurance that you are with us. We have been baptized into the community of Christ, and we are not alone. Grant us your perspective that we may have your vision and not our limited human one. As we pray, remind us of the words you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
4: God of love, we've known division, and we've seen its awful cost. We have struggled as a nation, and there's much that we have lost, we have That drives us far apart, creed that leads to great injustice, racist ways that break our. welcome strangers in. May we all in conversation speak the truth and listen well.
0: worship has ended and our service has begun. Let's remember who we are and what we stand for. Look into the sky over the water. Dare to see the vision. Dare to hear the voice. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.